Welcome to Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf, and today I need to talk with you about something that pilots do that if they don't, you don't want to fly with them, and it applies to your business. You do not want to make this pilot error. Let's think about this. Would you get on a plane with a pilot that you knew ignored the pre-flight checklist? Didn't do the pre-flight checklist, didn't make sure they had everything covered before beginning to fly the airplane. Would you do that? I wouldn't. Then I helped build aircraft at one point, you know, way back in the day. Think about this. And I see this in training. What, and what got me thinking about this? Let me back up a step. What got me thinking about this was during the interview that we did with Doug Wing on the last episode, had a couple of technical issues. Even though we have a pre-show checklist that we that we go through. I went through the checklist, made sure all the technology was working fine, still ran into an issue. Afterwards, went back, looked at, okay, what do I need to update on the checklist in order to see if we can, you know, in order to prevent that from happening again. And I got thinking about the checklist itself. It's on version 24 right now because that's a tool that I use to help make the show better from episode to episode particularly in doing the interviews, right? And particularly in doing the interviews. Uh, it's learning from each guest, learning from each experience, each time we do it. And when something comes up, if something goes wrong, what's the fix? It goes on the checklist. So we avoid that in the future. Um, what we What's learned, this is even more powerful, what's learned, when I try something, when I test something, it's like, okay, we put that on the checklist, but flagged as this is a test. So we know we're trying this to see how this works out. It may stay permanently. It may not. The checklist is a great tool. Here's why I bring this up with you today. Are you making use of something that is as simple as a checklist in order to lead your team more effectively, in order to make your business more effective so that people know what's happening, especially when making changes? particularly after sending people to training. So think about this. Excuse me. And it gets me all upset and causes me heartburn. <laughs> I watched this happen with a company that invested a lot of money in leadership training. And they sent the whole, you know, all of the management team. And this is a large company. So they sent the entire list. This is a huge investment. Spending millions on this training. They all go to this, man, to this leadership training. They come back after the training's over. Off they go. Now, one of the best practices that was done, there was some follow-up to do Q&A on, you know, what kind of challenges you have with implementing what you learned, what questions have you got. That's good. That's good. That's a great, uh, it, it, it's a best practice. Something that should always happen with training. It should be follow-up afterwards. What was missing, though, was a checklist for guidance of, hey, now that you're, now that some of the reports to you has gone to this leadership training, Here's what you need to do to coach them effectively, to guide them in applying what came out of the uh, the training, the leadership training, to uh, to help guide them in making sure the company is getting the result that it expected from the training, that the person that went to the training is increasing their mastery in the skill that they were the skills they were trained on. Because leadership is is about mastery, right? So it, it's considered a soft skill in terms of it's not like math. Right. Once you learn two plus two equals four, pretty much got it. Right. Now you can continue your mastery in math by learning higher math, working up in the calculus. Still have nightmares from engineering school on that one. Give me a second. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> Whew. 
anyway, with leadership, it's it, it's similar, though it's something you need to get into your DNA, right? You keep it's reinforcing its behavior, which is different from from hard science. It's like getting different behavior, which is what training is really about: getting different behavior in the work in your workplace. You know, so the people change their behavior as a result of what they've learned, new tools they've got, new perspectives they've gained. Are you preparing checklists for your leadership team so they know how to best coach? It gives them some guidance, right? It's not to tell them specifically, hey, here's here's what you do to bake the cake. That's not a formula. It's not a recipe, but it's just some guidance and checklist. Hey, consider these things. Are you doing these things with your folks on a regular basis to make sure that they are not just taking what they learned, putting it on the shelf and going back to doing what they always did before they went to the training? This applies in a lot of other areas in your business as well. You know, is there a checklist for critical tasks? Is there a checklist for, you know, contracts, you know, for, for a contract negotiation? Do you have a checklist of things that you go through? All right. When you get a contract to sign, there's all the little tabs on it. If you ever bought a house, got all the little air, you know, tab sections, you can sign here, sign here, sign here, sign here, read this to make sure you understand it before you sign there. It, if the person you're working for is, is really advocating on your behalf, they'll have all that information there guide that. You know, I think every time a pilot goes in an airplane, they go through a pre-flight check and there's a list that guides them on that. And they fill it out and stuff that they've learned over the years, they can, you know, they'll make additions, add on to it, go, you know what, we're going to do this as part of the pre-flight also. So there's a standardized checklist for them. They do that every single time. Would you fly with a pilot that had not gone through the pre-flight check? Wouldn't recommend it. It's how pilot errors can be made. It's how things can be missed. Somebody else missed something. The pilot didn't double check it. Didn't do the pre-flight. Now you've got a problem in flight. Not where you want to have challenges. Same thing applies in your business. Think about how you can use checklists because this is something that's ridiculously simple, right? It is ridiculously simple and can have a massive impact on closing the profit leaks that come from operations because you've got checklists on critical things. Reminders can close the profit leak on training to help guide people. So think about that where you can use this. And I, I love things that are ridiculously simple. And I tend to miss them, right? Look at it and go, that is so simple. I would have missed it if I didn't have a mentor or a coach pointing it out to me. So that's, that's today's tip. Something else that just that was just a fun fact for the day is looking at, you know, historically speaking, I'm, I'm a fan of history and hated it in school, but as an adult, I'm just fascinated by history. I love reading the stories, learning about the people going deeper than, you know, the, the K through 12 education really has the time for. And it's like a lot happened on this day. Just think about this. I'm looking over here. 1775, Paul Revere and William Dawes, right from Charleston to Lexington with the, with the warning the regulars are coming. Remember the one fell by land, two by sea? At 1783, so that was 1775, 1783 on this same day, General Washington issued the general order announcing in a hostilities. In other words, the war, the, the revolution was over, at least the hostile part. There's still negotiations that were happening, but notified end of hostilities eight years later. In 1906, San Francisco earthquake hit, destroyed 75% of the city. But what I think likely had perhaps the biggest impact in, in something that just made me go, wow, that's a, that was truly amazing. It was on this day in 1934, the first washateria, what we know today as a laundromat, 
opened in Fort Worth, Texas. In 1934, the midst of the Great Depression, it was the earlier stages of the Great Depression, but still in the midst of the Great Depression, innovation in business. Laundromats are launched, which proved to be hugely successful. It's a staple of our society now. But before 1934, pre-Depression, never had them, never heard of them. Now, part of that was technology made it possible. Yes. It's the application of the technology. And we'll talk some more about that in the Hughes mantra on technology in a future episode, Hughes Aircraft. And just a thought, think about that. During the Great Depression, we got laundromats. One of the good things that came out of the Great Depression. There were a lot of great things that came out of the Great Depression. The experience was awful and it was an unfortunate event. And we'll talk some more about that in the future as well. But innovate, you know, there's a lot of chaos going on right now and there's some dark clouds on the horizon. It's also a lot of opportunity. I'm Wolf. Thanks for being part of Wolf's Watch. And I look forward to seeing you on the trail.